Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurjaye Nishpapanjaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Karyaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta veja gatameva samsara nava setave prabhave sarva vidyanam shambhave gurave namaha guru brahma guru vishnu guru devo maheshvara guru sakshat parabrahma tasmai shri gurave namaha Om Svarupa Svasvabhavan Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own beingness, your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swasvabhava Namo Namaha. Consciousness becomes bliss. Consciousness becomes you. Consciousness takes form as bliss. Chirananda Rupa, we chanted. These words come from Adi Shankaracharya in his great poem from 1300 years ago. Chirananda Rupa. My true form is the bliss of consciousness. That means bliss is a form of consciousness. I'll go through that again. My true form, that means your true form, 
your deepest level, your truest level, your level within at the subtlest level form or manifestation, the truth within, truth with a capital T, your true form is the bliss of consciousness. This means bliss is a form. It has shape and substance. It's a pretty good substance, actually. But the substance of this form is bliss. <laughs> when you experience bliss, it's a physical sensation. It also pervades your mind and more subtle levels. But in this yoga, you get physical bliss. Have you noticed? If you aren't experiencing bliss, you simply need to do more yoga. The bliss will come when you've cleared out enough of the density and blockages that you've been installing for how long? It's not merely decades, but lifetimes. That's what all the yogic practices are for, to clean out the garbage dump of your body and mind. Oh, wait. Did I just insult you? No, it's not an insult. It's merely an assessment of your condition. Like a doctor might say you have a broken bone or an ear infection and you need treatment. I say, if you're not living in bliss, you're living in a garbage dump. But who is the one dumping the garbage into your mind? So first, you stop dumping on yourself. Then you start cleaning out the residue. Then you'll find the bliss. Because bliss is your deepest level. So you may need to excavate to get to it. Chirananda Your true form, your deepest level, your truest level in form, in manifestation, the truth within, truth with a capital T. Your true form is the bliss of consciousness. But you don't yet live in the capital T truth of your own beingness, not yet. So you don't experience the bliss. It's all hidden within. That's the mystery that is explored in mysticism the bliss and beingness hidden within. Hidden where? Deeper than your mind. Usually, when your attention is turned within, you're following the whims of your mind, adding to the garbage dump. The bliss is deeper. Your own self is deeper. To get inside beyond your mind, you've got two choices. One, you can master your mind. Or two, you can call on grace, the revelatory power of the masters. Our lineage is so easy to connect to. Just call to any one of us, and the shift happens from the inside out. Hey, Baba. Bliss is a form of consciousness. Chirananda Rupa. My true form is the bliss of consciousness. 
It's like ice is a form of water. Clouds are another form of water. Water takes on so many different forms, most of which we love. I opened my car door a couple of weeks ago to get out of it, and I found an icicle dangling from the bottom of the door. I hadn't noticed it when I got into the car, but it was still there after driving a short distance. I was delighted. I love icicles. Just as water takes on many forms, consciousness takes on many forms. Consciousness becomes bliss. Consciousness becomes you. The subtlest level or form that consciousness takes on is bliss. Then consciousness densifies itself through more levels until consciousness becomes you, the densest, most contracted, most limited form that consciousness takes on. Well, no, actually, consciousness also becomes mountains. They're even denser than any person can be. Consciousness becomes planets, most of which are very dense and heavy. Consciousness becomes everything that exists. However, you don't have to transform everything that exists, only yourself. It's only you that you have to work on. So what are you trying to do with your own particularly dense form of consciousness? Now, I'm not insulting you. I'm not saying that your dance are stupid. <laughs> it's a simple fact that your body is dense. It is physical, with bones and tissues and blood and other fluids circulating through. That's all dense, meaning it's like ice compared to water. All right, partially frozen water in your body. The fluids are still a little slushy, so they move through, not totally frozen. It's a simple fact that energy becomes matter. Consciousness has contracted or densified itself to become your body. What about the levels in between consciousness and physical matter? Bliss is the subtlest level. Your body is the densest level. In between, you have the Tanmatras and the Mahabhutas, the subtle elements underlying matter. More obviously, you have your mind and senses, as well as the Kanchukas, the subtle dimensions of the creative power by which consciousness becomes you. Your job is to rewind the process. You start with your body sitting in the density with an easy upright spine breath open and easy using your mind to explore within we'll do this in our meditation today and i'll talk you through the process of exploring within through the levels of your being all the way to the subtlest dimension bliss which is your true form a form of consciousness. When you're all caught up in your body, or you're repeating your script to yourself again, reinstalling your limited sense of personhood, then you can't find the bliss that is hidden deeper within. So you meditate. 
And then later you meditate again and again and again. Each time uncovers who you really are a little more. Bliss can be a continuing inner experience. I named it this way in my current month's teachings article, Bliss Can Be a Continuing Inner Experience. That's yoga in a nutshell. Beyond merely being a possibility, bliss should be a continuing inner experience. Hopefully, you agree with me. Most people don't need for me to explain that bliss should be a continuing experience. Somehow everyone seems to know that they should be in bliss all the time. Everyone wants to live in bliss all the time. Everyone desires bliss. And they do things to try and trigger the bliss. And they complain when those things don't work. And they know who to blame for why they're not in bliss. And they whine to everyone they know about their lack of bliss. It sounds a little like the conversations you may have after satsang while you're blissfully consuming home-baked treats and complaining about the lack of bliss in your life. What I don't understand is how you can put so much energy into not being in bliss. If you put one-tenth of that amount of energy into finding the bliss, you'd be in bliss all the time. One-tenth the effort, consistent results. But you do 10 times the effort. It's actually 10 times harder to block the bliss. And you're willing to do that. Strange. <laughs> Yet even when you're blocking the bliss, you still want it. So I don't usually have to explain why you should be living in bliss all the time. Somehow you already know that. You don't work on it, but you have an inherent knowing that bliss should be your continuing experience. Why is it? The reason that bliss should be your continuing experience is that you are consciousness. And since you are consciousness, bliss, is your true form. Since you are already consciousness, bliss is already there. It's like, it's like the sun is shining outside, but you have the drapes drawn. Well, consciousness is shining within, but you have the drapes drawn. The effort it takes to pull back the drapes is one-tenth the effort it takes to stumble around in the dark. So pull back the drapes. How do you do that? Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Apply your mind to honoring Namah, the consciousness that you are, Shivaya. Really, now, if I think about it, I could stop this discourse right here in the middle, and we could all repeat mantra for the next 10 minutes. And where would you be? Right inside, duh. 
being consciousness and experiencing the bliss that is your form. You have my permission to repeat it silently while I'm talking. It's, it's a good thing. You know? So if we've repeated it, and we're going to do this later, it would shift you right inside and you would discover you are consciousness and experience the bliss that is your form. But would you understand what happened? No. I remember the very first meditation program that I went to in one of Muktananda's meditation centers. He wasn't even physically present. Some, some of his meditation teachers were leading the program. And they, you know, explained the whole thing and they told me, so you repeat, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. You know, I'm a good girl. I do what I'm told, mostly. <laughs> and so I sat there and I said inside, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Gone. Totally immersed in bliss and consciousness. And after a little while, I bobbed out. And I was like, what happened? Where am I? What am I supposed to be doing? I did not understand what happened. I didn't understand that the mantra did that to me. I didn't know, I didn't know where I'd been, but I knew I wanted to get back. But I didn't know how to get there because I forgot how I got there the first time. How did I get there? Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. So if you don't understand it, are you actually going to be able to use this tool? Are you going to be able to repeat the experience? Probably not. So I will continue with my discourse. I'll blow some hot air into the room to help your mind understand your inner expansiveness and freedom of being. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. I honor the divine reality that you are. Om Namah Shivaya. Do you honor your own self? The point I'm making is that you can use the mantra, the most powerful of all of yoga's tools, to experience the bliss of consciousness, which is who you are. Now, don't let me confuse you here. When you experience the bliss of consciousness, what do you experience? You are not the bliss. You are consciousness. Bliss is merely one of your forms. You experience the consciousness that you are, which is a blissful experience. At least, the experience of consciousness is blissful when you're sort of, kind of, mostly all the way inside, but still partly separate from your own self. Bliss is the experience of rubbing up against consciousness on the inside. When you're still in your density, but a lot of it is cleared. And in your slightly remaining density, you feel your way toward and almost all the way into the consciousness that you are. There's Bliss is the sensation of small S self, right up close to capital S self. 
Or I could say bliss is the feeling or sensation of your limited sense of individuality rubbing up against God. Bliss is the sensation of small s self right up close to capital S self. Or I could say bliss is the sensation or the feeling of your limited sense of individuality rubbing up against God. Now, I just equated your own capital S self, your own self as consciousness itself, as being the same as God. Some theologians might have a problem with my equation, but it's pure yoga. It's pure mysticism. It's pure Rumi. I searched for God and found only myself. I searched for myself and found only God. It's pure Muktananda. God dwells within you as you. I always loved his teaching as I could fully resonate with the first part of it, God dwells within me. But for years, I had trouble understanding what he meant by the last two words. God dwells within me as me. What did he mean, as me? I could understand God dwells within me because I read the poetry of the transcendentalists, Whitman and Emerson especially. They got it from India, though they rarely disclosed the source. Their poems seeped into American religious sensibilities, downright changing what is taught from the pulpits in most churches. It's so different from 200 years ago. I know because in college I studied the sermons of the important preachers from before the transcendentalists fire and brimstone. But I was a teen as we were dawning into the age of Aquarius. I was a child of the transcendentalists, sipping the nectar of the Vedas without even knowing it. And I could feel the truth of what Baba said, God dwells within me. But as me? I didn't understand that. Baba tried to explain it to us in so many ways. In a quote I'm going to offer you now, he explains God. It's a long quote. I just couldn't cut it off. <laughs> Baba said, the God that I speak of is present everywhere. And he is particularly present within the heart. His nature is the highest bliss, supreme bliss. His body is pure light. Though he is without a material body, he can assume any number of bodies. Though he is without a name and form, it is not difficult at all for him to assume any number of names and forms. Another name of God is the conscious self. 
okay, Baba, we get it, or at least parts of it. We love the heart. We love light. We love and we yearn for supreme bliss. We're with you on all of this. That part he described. The God that I speak of is present to everywhere, and he is particularly present within the heart. His nature is the highest bliss, supreme bliss. His body is pure light. Heart and bliss and light come in. Good so far. But I'm in means it's out there, and I'm jumping in like into a swimming pool. At this point, he makes it intensely personal. Though God is without a material body, he can assume any number of bodies. Though he is without name and form, it is not difficult at all for him to assume any number of names and forms. Another name for God is the conscious self. Yes, this is personal. God has assumed any number of bodies, including yours. That doesn't mean that there are two of you in there, you and God. There's only one of you in there, and the one who is in there, in your body, is you, who is God. Another name of God is the conscious self. And Baba goes on to say, it is God who inhabits your body and makes it function. Your own presence in your body is what makes your body be a living body. Your own presence in your own body is God being present in your body, God being you, as you. Oh, Shiva. God does not merely dwell within you. God is being you. I say it this way. God is masquerading as an individual who feels separate from God. God is masquerading as you. But when you look within and you use your mind and mantra to delve deeper and deeper within, you will know who you really are. Beyond your mind, beyond your inner sense of aloneness and separation, even deeper than the bliss of inner reunion, you find your own self, who is consciousness, who is God. How do you do this? You need a boost. Just like a little kid who sits on his daddy's shoulders to see the parade marching by. That's what these guys do for us. We stand on the shoulders of spiritual giants. They give us what they got. That gift is called Guru's Grace. The mantra is fueled by Guru's grace. My life 
is fueled by Guru's grace. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Baba described it this way. When you receive the Guru's grace, and it begins to work inside you, in meditation, you will be able to see the light that is God spread through every single blood corpuscle, every single molecule of flesh, every bit of bone. Everyone has the power of seeing God because God is within everyone. Grace opens up your seeing so you can explore within. Grace opens up your being so you can know who you already be. Oh, Shiva. How do you invoke that grace? Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, which we're going to do. Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha.